After her husband's affair, Amanda thought her marriage was over, but then she found our broadcast app. So really, focus on the family gave me hope,、uh, and it gave me a change in perspective. You know that no, not every marriage is going to end. There is hope. I'm Jim Daly. Together, we can rescue more marriages like Amanda's, especially during this pandemic. Donate today at focusonthefamily.ca/give. And kids need to know they're smart, or they're never going to feel as good about themselves. And then they lower their expectations for their tomorrows, and they don't achieve maybe as much as they could have. That's Dr. Kathy Cook, and she joins us today on Focus on the Family. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller.、Uh, John, you know, there's another school year right around the corner. Man, it comes fast. Summer just blows by, doesn't it? And、uh, we're all gearing up as parents to get those kids back into the rigors of study and sports and all the things that they're going to be doing. And、uh, are you ready? No, not even in the least. <laughs> That's fair, but it is busy. It's busy in that way, and it's a good thing for parents to be engaged. I'm looking forward to it.、Uh, you know, for Trent and Troy,、um, I'm excited to hear from our guest today, Kathy Cook, because she is so wonderful at identifying the. Um, assets and the gifts and the talents that our sons and daughters possess, and to help us as parents better understand how to identify those gifts and talents, and then how to、um, hopefully accentuate them and make sure that the kids feel not just good about themselves, but they understand who they are better.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, you know, Trent and Troy—they're so different.、Um, you know, Troy's the kind of kid when I we go on vacation, he'll get his homework done ahead of time. I mean, it's a, it's a blessing. You know, you don't have to nag him. He's he's hey, I'm done. I did it. When's it due? Two weeks from now. <laughs> wow. I mean, who doesn't want that kid? And then Trent struggles a bit more. You know, he he does it the night before he's going back to school, and、uh, and those are the kinds of things we want to talk about today. The the personality types, how they play into. School and we're right there on the precipice with school, and I think it's going to be a great help for parents today. It's going to be Jim, and that includes you and me and several <laughs> in our control room and, and millions and, of listeners. <laughs> yeah, and Dr. Kathy Cook has such great heart for children and for helping you、uh, be a champion for your children. She's the founder and president of Celebrate Kids Incorporated, and she speaks frequently to parents and educators, and even has、uh, sessions for kids. Themselves, Kathy. Let me welcome you back to Focus on the Family. Thank you so much, Jim. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you, John, for your enthusiasm as well. So I think as parents, we're both、uh, excited and anxious. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> we just Now, have why, to leave with the answers. <laughs> why? Why do we feel that at the beginning of the school year as parents? I mean, it's going to be what it's going to be.、Uh, why do we feel that anxiety whether or not our sons and daughters are going to meet the standard? You love your kids. Right, and you have a dream for their tomorrows, and you want them to become who they were created to be, and you know they're not stupid, and you want them to apply themselves. You want them to step up to the plate and hit the home run, and at the <laughs> same time, because I know you, you want them to hit the single if that's what they're called to hit, right?、Mm, definitely. And and I appreciate that so much about you, and even the passion of focus in general is that we're not going to be perfectionistic. 
you know, straight A students. That's not God's design for all of us. So how do we accept and how do we love? And that's your passion. Well, you've written this wonderful book, Eight Great Smarts, Discover and Nurture Your Child's Intelligences. Uh, talk about that because you mentioned personality type. And you can, if you have two children, you have very distinct, different people. Mm-hmm. And I know that's true for me. You have mm-hmm. six kids, John. They're all different. Each <laughs> so one is different. In leaps and bounds. Yeah. So, but talk about that. You can't parent the same way with each child. You've got to come up with unique strategies, right? Absolutely. For personality, for multiple intelligences, for um, spiritual gifts, you know, we're uniquely designed in God's image. You know, John, your children were not designed in yours and your wife's, and that's why, you know, they're different and unique, partly because God is so creative and so complete. So knowing strategies that work best for one kid may not work best for another is freeing to you. It can confuse the kids because it maybe looks like we're not fair. And I love to say to kids, you're not the same, so I don't treat you the same. That would be unfair yeah. because you're more word smart or you're more outgoing or you're more gifted in this way. We expect this from you. We don't expect the same from your brother. That's fair. Now, you mentioned word smart. Let's cover mm-hmm. the eight sure. great smarts as you've identified mm-hmm. them, and uh, and then we'll delve into them one by one. But uh, talk about the eight. Just give us the list. A quick overview. Great. So, And all of us have all eight. If I could start by saying that. Okay. I don't want anyone to listen and go, oh, I don't have that, or my son or my husband. No, we all have the capacity for all eight. But some are more accentuated? Yes, some are strengths, some are intermediate, some might not be yet awakened if our children are young, or maybe they're not as strong. I think many adults have five or six or maybe even seven that we can rely on very easily, one or two that we maybe have to choose to go to if we want to. But here they are. Here's the eight. Um, Word smart. When we're being word smart, we think with words. If we're excited, we tend to talk and we don't need an audience. Um, (laughs) What, are you talking into a mirror? Yeah, sure. Or we're talking inside of our head (laughs) when we're excited. I I tend to think that way. Yeah, we talk out loud to process information is often a word smart characteristic. We're also logic smart. And those of us who are logic smart think with questions. We love it when the world makes sense. We tend to gravitate toward math and science. We love to discover information on our own. And then there's picture smart people. All of us, again, are picture smart. Kids who have a lot of picture smart brain cells um, think um, in pictures with their eyes. They tend to be more imaginative and creative. They might go toward art and fiction and history because things come alive in their mind. They may doodle to pay attention to us, actually. And then there's a music smart intelligence. And I really appreciate that this model of intelligences affirms art and music and says to us that these are ways of being smart. This isn't just being creative. This isn't just being talented and artistic. You're talented and artistic because you are smart. And that's a power word. Mm. And kids need to know they're smart or they're never going to feel as good about themselves. And then they lower their expectations for their tomorrows and they don't achieve maybe as much as they could have. Those of us who are music smart think with rhythms and melodies and music is our energy. We create it when we're excited. So we toe tap, we bebop, we drum our fingers and irritate our brothers, you know. Um, And it's a good thing to be music smart. And then there's body smart people. And we're the ones who move, shake, rattle, and roll. We move and we touch and we do it more when you excite us. And we so might it's not be... necessarily ADD. No. It's a great question. ADD, ADHD is a chemical imbalance of the brain. You can actually have that. And you know what I think, Jim? If you've taken your kids to a pediatrician and a neurologist and a allergist maybe and a health nutrition person, and there's evidence of ADD, ADHD, any of the other dangerous Ds, so to speak, 
then call it what it is and medicate if it's appropriate, but don't give them an excuse to be inattentive because they have this disability. It's actually a gift that can be channeled for really good things. And what we're doing is we're saying to you kids, you know, you can't do this well because you're this. Well, what if their body's smarter? What if God created them to passionately move? Like I talk with my hands. We're in a radio studio and no one's watching but you and I'm talking with my hands because (laughs) it's part of how I process information. And I don't want to be told I I shouldn't do that all day long. I won't be able to think well. Well, and that's a problem in schools particularly and and with boys particularly because boys tend to move a lot. Absolutely. And I, I remember when my kids were in elementary school and a really smart teacher said to one of my son's friends in the class, we're going to set you in the back, not as a penalty, mm. but that way you can get up if you want to. And you can stand and move around in the back of the class. And she just kind of told the whole class what was going on. Wow. And, uh, and it seemed to work well. And that boy learned and did well in that mm. class. You know, Jim, if we can give kids the freedom to be who they were created to be and explain the uniqueness factor so that other kids don't get jealous or judgmental, it's powerful. And what I really believe is that when body-smart children who have a need to move and touch can move and touch when they can, then they will be able to handle it more readily when they can't. When they're at grandma's house with fine china, when they're in a restaurant and they need to keep their hands to themselves, they can handle that with a bit more self-control because they know they have freedom later. Right. Right. We've kind of dove right into the body smart one. But let's stick with it and then we'll come back and get more detail in the others. Okay. But, but on the body smart one, how does a parent parent that body smart child? I mean, I gave an example where a teacher did it. Mm-hmm. But when that fidgety kid is, you know, he's just, she or he is doing mm-hmm. what he does. Mm-hmm. How do you refrain from saying, Johnny, stop it. Come on, Johnny, stop it. And the poor kid's going, I can't help it, mom. When it's not um, inappropriate, it's just energy. Right. I think this understanding is really powerful. When parents look at that behavior and go, my child is smart, right there you change your whole perspective toward your child and toward your child's behavior. And what we don't want is paralysis to set in. The brain is like a muscle and it's alive, if you will. And so if a kid hears constantly, sit down, sit down, put that down, sit still, you're driving me nuts, they're going to begin to really feel broken and badly about themselves. And that part of the brain can actually shrink in its size temporarily. Praise God, it can be reawakened later if we do the right kind of a thing. So part of the power in understanding this model is to observe it as behavior, not misbehavior. Interesting. You know, it's misbehavior if a child has been told to sit down and sit still and chooses not to be obedient to that request. But it's behavior when it's energy, when they're thinking, when they're learning. We process best by movement. So these kids benefit from clipboards and beanbag chairs and rocking chairs, being allowed to pace. One of the things that I think is very effective, if you need to talk to a body smart child about behavior, about school issues, about friendship issues, about anything, don't make that child sit down and look at you. Let him pace in the kitchen or the dining room or walk up and down the stairs while you're having a serious conversation. If you make him sit and look at you, he may not actually engage with your thoughts nearly as much. Right. And so a in-tune parent might say, let's go for a walk. Excellent idea. Yeah. Let's go go to the swing set. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a good way to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's a couple more, then we'll come back and get a little deeper with each. Okay. The nature smart intelligence. Um, These are the kids and the adults who think with patterns. So it's really Related to picture smart because the eyes are engaged, but it's the specific ability to see and recognize and remember the pattern. So I know it's a bluebird, not a blue jay, because I remember where the blue goes on either the body of the bird or the wing of the bird. I know the names of the clouds. 
and I don't. I'm not very nature smart. I, I am nature smart because all of us have all eight. I have greater interest than ability. And you'd think that because I fly all the time, I'd want to know the names of those clouds. But because I'm not very nature smart, that vocabulary doesn't stick. Uh, okay. Is there another one? or is that There it? are two more. Okay, so interesting. People smart. People think with other people. So we like to talk and we need an audience. We get our joy from telling what we know. We're brainstormers and networkers. We'll do our homework best in the kitchen surrounded by other people. People probably than in a room alone, hmm. which is so interesting. Yeah. A lot of people think that you have to have quiet and there is a place for that. Yeah, I've got a daughter that does that. She's at 10 o'clock at night, she'll say, I'm going off to study with a bunch of friends. And I'm thinking, I don't know how you do that. Mm, mm, yeah. We, you know what's really interesting, John? I get a lot of intellectual pursuit accomplished on airplanes, even though I talk to no one. Those of us who are people smart, there's something about the energy of the people, even if we're not interacting with them. Do you either Just of you relate to that? Just being in a group. Exactly. Yeah. And then if the more people smart we are, the more we enjoy the kind of group. In fact, is radio fun? Doing what we're doing here is a great time, right? Because we're people smart and we're engaged and we're interacting and responding to the body language that we're exhibiting toward each other. And that's a people smart trait. We'll talk more about that later. I would love to unpack that for parents because I think it's being awakened later because of technology and it really concerns me. Mm. But we can move on if you want. Yeah, let's hit that last one. The last one is self-smart and it's kind of the exact opposite. So people smart people think with other people. Self-smart people, and this might be you, John, which is why you contrast with your daughter, self-smart people think deeply inside of themselves by reflection. And more quiet environment. Quiet. Away from others. Peace privacy, and space. Does that sound like you, my language. He's smiling big already. Yeah, and a lot of people don't have that today, right? Peace, privacy, space, and quiet. Come on. Kids and busy parents and, you know, loud apps and games and the videos are always on. So I'm concerned about that one as well. See, when I hear that, I think, boring. Exactly. Of course you do. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what, Jim? You have this intelligence. It's just not as significantly important to you. Well, let's talk about it in a a broad context because you've hit them and we'll go back and take a look at each. But... Um, for the parent that has a, a deficit, I don't want to say the mm. wrong thing here, but when you're, your smart area is not as smart, uh-huh. maybe that one. Maybe if John were my son, I ne- he's be, looking at me a little funny right now. You'd be deeply disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> and he's wanting to go be contemplative and to think and maybe sit in his room. I'm, I'm taking that as a parent as a sign of, of rejection. Yeah. He's pulling back. Mm. What do I have to do? And then I go in and want to talk to him, and it's like pestering him even more. So now he's feeling crowded and going, uh, Dad, I just need some space. And then I'm getting more frustrated because why are you saying you need space? You're just a typical teenager. Talk to me. I don't feel like talking to you. How did the differences, the strengths and the lesser strengths, if we could say it that way, how do you have to be aware of that as a parent so you don't trample your children? Oh, how many minutes do we have? Yeah, that whatever. Was a, Take the time. That was a loaded question. That was so powerful, Jim, because here's what I'd like to say first. If your children have always craved quiet, if they woke up in the crib and they didn't need you to immediately pick them up, if they were two and they played alone well for a few minutes with their dolls, chucks, or blocks, I believe that's self-smart and it because it's born into us and it shows up really early. You need to then parent this child and and give this boy or girl space and alone time and chance to reflect and not be offended by that. But it's different if they used to crave you and used to need you and used to always answer your questions very quickly and all of a sudden they're not. 
Now something's happened, and maybe there's a, an interaction issue with you and the family. Maybe there was a peer group thing that went on, and they're scared to talk with you about it. So what I say to parents is, if the behavior changes all of a sudden, something's different. And it could actually be a, an awakening of a smart because of something that's happened. I'm not necessarily saying it's always bad, but it's often indicative that something negative is maybe going on. So that's the first thing I would say. Does that make sense? Well, it does make sense. And you have to be engaged as a parent to feel the contours of that, Mm. don't you? I love that word. And I think this information, again, I'm giving language to people who have always observed something. So now we know it's a way of being smart. It's not bad. It's just different. I do respect the challenge of parenting children who are different from you. And you have to recognize as a parent, it's not about you and your happiness. It's about you parenting the child according to God's design of that child. And when children learn this information, you know, when children listen to this broadcast and they go, well, mommy, that's why I sometimes need to be alone. And you keep coming to me and saying, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing's wrong, mommy. I just need some space. Mommy, this is why. I mean, let your kids listen to this with you and give them the empowerment to stand up for themselves respectfully. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Insurance is all about trust, but what does that word really mean? Hi, I'm Danny Deeks, president of Deeks Insurance. For our team, trust means being honest, being reliable, understanding your needs, safety, and full transparency during the insurance process. To know more about our home and auto insurance coverage, get in touch with your friendly Deeks Insurance Advisor at 1-800-240-5283 or visit deeksinsurance.ca now and experience a company you can count on. Hi, this is Jim Daly. Is your family feeling tired, restless, even stressed out? Well, you're not alone. These are tough times, and that's why we at Focus on the Family have created something new and helpful for you and your loved ones. It's called Focus at Home, a free on-demand streaming service featuring the faith-filled content from Focus on the Family that you know and trust. With Focus at Home, it's like you're getting access to our content vault. Explore old favorites like Adventures in Odyssey or Radio Theater. Discover new interactive children's stories. And we'll have a few surprises for you along the way. There's something fun for every member of the family. And we'll keep adding fresh titles so you can check in every day. Best of all, it's 100% biblically based. Sign up now and get total access to our best content for families during this challenging season. Visit FocusOnTheFamily.ca. FocusOnTheFamily.ca Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. You're listening to Focus on the Family. Today our guest is Kathy Cook, Dr. Kathy Cook, and she has written a great book called The Eight Great Smarts, Discover and Nurture Your Child's Intelligences. Uh, Can I bring God into this? Please. I I want to, um, because I think what you're reading here in terms of what you've discovered in these intelligences is God's design in the human brain, right? Yes. And let me say, Jim, that um, Howard Gardner is the gentleman at Harvard University who did discover this. Um, He's a, a psychologist who did the heavy lifting to determine that the brain has these eight different smarts. It's been my joy and privilege to take his very theoretical and heavy work and Academic. make it accessible right. to parents and to the Christian community. Well, and I think so often in the Christian community, we look 
look at this, and I don't want it to sound too academic. Mm -hmm. You know, science, in my opinion, proves the existence of God. It doesn't conflict with it. And so when we look at behavior in human beings, God has set it up this way. Mm -hmm. That's why we have differences. Mm -hmm. When you look at the very basic one, I mean, a lot of married couples are this. Gene and I are this, and that is extrovert and introvert. Mm. Does that very fundamental personality type play into these intelligences with kids and parents? It's so interesting that you would bring that up. See if you can follow this. If you're extroverted, meaning that you get your energy from people and you're people smart by the intelligence, you will really need to be with people, both for the energy and for the thinking. And so for you to separate and to be alone or spend a lot of time on the road alone or whatever is probably really hard. What's interesting is you can be extroverted, meaning that you get your energy from people, and be self-smart by God's design, meaning you think alone. So that's an internal conflict, potentially. You can feel confused and unsure of yourself, and you can confuse the people who you live with and work with and learn with because you appear to be inconsistent or moody. But this is such a valuable rhythm. So people give you energy, but your best thoughts come when you pull away. We've got to give kids the ability to know that so that they can feel that internal rhythm. It can actually feel like you're bipolar. Oh, interesting. And you're not. And then we can look at this. What if you're introverted, meaning you get your energy when you're alone, and you're self-smart, you think when you're alone, you will probably very much be known as a loner. And again, have your children been this since the time they were born? Not needing as many playmates, not wanting as big of a birthday party as a sister. Much of this is because they have maybe both the introverted and the self-smart. And again, you can have this situation where you are introverted, getting your energy alone, people smart, thinking with people. That's yeah. actually me. Yeah, I'm an introvert, so I need my alone time for energy and renewal. But oh, I like thinking with people. Oh, so I'll get thoughts when I'm alone sometimes because God is generous. And then I'll need to bounce them off of someone. Hmm. Ah, that's fascinating. I so appreciate uh, the desire to bring God into this mix. And Kathy, you said earlier, he's so unique and creative that he gives us these children that aren't so easily boxed. And I want to be clear for those who are just joining us, it's not that you're one of these eight traits. You're all of them. It's just a matter of how well-developed they are. Suddenly, instead of walking away with an easy answer, you're saying, your child is complex. You need to really be a student. It could be overwhelming. Let me say it this way first. I like to say that Um, God's in charge of it all, right? God allows and causes. And so when people say to me, you know, how much of this is God? Is it the nature you're born with, the gene pool and all of that? Or is it the nurture that comes alongside? And and how much of that is God? It's 100% God because he does allow. And unfortunately, because of the sin nature, he allows trauma and tragedy and sin to be a factor in how kids are raised. So it's a little bit of both. Um, certainly paralysis takes place, Jim. Paralysis, the, the mind is a must like a muscle, and it um, has shape and function, and it can be paralyzed by a critical spirit, by um, rejection, by abandonment, um, all of the intelligences. I, I heard stories, for instance, of children who you know, were talking too much because they were words. I was, I was a chatty Cathy as a kid, <laughs> and if I would have been raised in dysfunction, you know, be quiet, be quiet, shut up. I'm so sick of you. Would you get out of here and go find something to do? I wouldn't be here today. I could relate to that, Kathy. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was probably four or five years old and one of my mom's best friends, Penny, who was a neighbor, said to me, you have diarrhea of the (gasps) mouth. And I can remember it. You still remember It so wounded me. 
I mean, I think it, in a large way, it actually curtailed my verboseness, which might be a good thing. But but you know what I mean? It, yes. it did. I can remember where we were standing. I'm I'm literally four years old, and I was I was chatty like you. And she turned and said that to me. She said it with a smile on her face. It wasn't mm. mean spirited. Mm. But you were a child. Who but didn't know I how to took it, it like a blow. Mm. Like I I remember just going quiet and walking away, thinking, oh. I have to be quiet. That's what adults want. Oh, so how exciting is it that you're here, though, talking nonstop? <laughs> Maybe. Because what happened was somebody came along and reawakened what she attempted to paralyze. And that's God. That's God being good. That's God being generous. That's God who knew why he made you and why he put all those words in you. And he allowed some other positive encounter to come alongside of that and compensate for that and reawaken what might have been paralyzed. So no matter the trauma, no matter the pain, no matter the rejection, the critical spirit, the perfectionism, the rejection, whatever it is that's gone on in kids' lives, when they learn to receive love and they discover that security can once again be theirs or for the first time ever be theirs, that part of the brain that possibly went dark because of trauma you and Jean are privileged to re- reawaken. So don't lose hope. It's never too late to have an effect. And I heard you saying, Kathy, that your parents really, they didn't shut you down mm. on that, that verbal uh, aspect of your life. No, John, I'm so grateful. They saw it as a strength to develop, not a problem to eliminate. Mm. Now, that's your choice as a parent, right? Or a grandparent or a teacher to see the the movement, the need to be outside, the constant humming, the constant doodling, the constant questions, the constant talking. It's your choice. It's your power to see it as good and to strengthen it and focus it rather than to think it's a problem I've got to eliminate. So what my parents did was buy me a thesaurus when I was seven. And I've written books using that thesaurus. I still own it. <laughs> That's amazing. Which That's is seven. really fun. That's pretty big. And then when I was 10, they enrolled me in children's theater. And they said, go talk there a while. That's a true story. <laughs> but guess what? It's children's theater where I learned to enunciate and learn to use the power of the voice to reflect and to be energetic, right? And then when I was in high school, I joined the forensics team. And I gave speeches earning ribbons. And what do I do now to earn a living? I'm a public speaker because God knew what he was doing when he made me me. And I praise God for parents and a brother, grandparents and the extended family who came alongside and allowed me to be that. And I had could, to learn to listen. So you could see it that early. That's Absolutely. what's so fascinating. Absolutely. Well, that and is I, good. I stand in awe of God and I know that I am blessed. And I also know that parents can help kids do a U-turn and parents Parents who hear me speak will go, wow, I'm smarter than I thought I was. And now the parent has greater hope for him or herself, and that extends into the children. Yeah, Kathy, I need to ask this, even though right at the end of today, but we're going to come back next time, and we're going to get into the eight a little more deeply. But with the description of the kids and their behavior in that way, the action, the activity, the verboseness, whatever it might be, why do some parents get irritated with that? It just it grates against them and it creates friction in the relationship with their kids. Address that quickly. Sometimes it's because they don't have the same smart and they have a really hard time relating and understanding so it's why it's irritating. They, it is. It is. And it's fatigue. It's being overwhelmed. It's parents who are confused. There's so many reasons. But I think the main number one reason would be 
um, I don't share the same smart necessarily as a strength, and therefore I can't enter into a conversation and go places with my kid. I don't like art. I don't want to go to the museum. He always wants to go to the art museum. He wants to go to the craft store because he's so picture smart. I don't want to go there. And again, it's not about our happiness. It's about our choice to raise the children we were given, and we need to step into that reality. When so often it's not even necessarily that much of a rejection. It's just a lack of interest, sure, which point. is mm-hmm. rejection in itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kathy Cook, author of Eight Great Smarts, Discover and Nurture Your Child's Intelligences. That's what we're talking about today. I think, John, we've really laid the groundwork for the discussion next time. Well, I'd, I'd agree, Jim, and I think it's uh, going to be another power-packed conversation as Dr. Cook shares more about those multiple intelligences. Well, Dr. Kathy's book is Eight Great Smarts, and uh, it's a quick read. It's an excellent resource. It'll help you identify and cultivate your child's unique smarts and gifts and uh, help them flourish and succeed. To order your copy or donate, go to focusonthefamily.ca or call 1 800 the letter A and the word family, 800 800- Two three two six four five nine. And on behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for listening today to Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller, inviting you back next time as we hear more from Dr. Kathy Cook and once again help you and your family thrive in Christ. <music>